episode 51, The Need to Travel Solo, and a note of caution. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, with Jason Jennings. Once again, great to be with you. Uh, Dale, it's great to be with you. So you travel about 360,000 miles a year. Um, You haven't had to see anything past first class because you earn the first class with your miles. I have to tell you, I always buy a coach on rare occasion business. But yeah, given given the fact that I fly more than 300,000 miles a year, I'm generally up in first class. Generally, I will admit to that, but I don't pay for it. No, I know. That's what I was saying. It's an automatic upgrade just because of how often you're there. You know all. You know the pilots by name, probably. Pretty much so. In fact, you know you fly too much when you're getting on an airplane and the flight attendants say, Jason, welcome back. It's good to have you with us again. Yeah. Italy, France, Asia, just in the last couple of months. You said you love to travel. You've Have you always loved to travel, always been a traveler? Let me tell you the story, uh, and I generally don't go back in time and tell these stories, but uh, I, I remember when I was uh, very young, I was uh, 16 years of age, growing up in northern Michigan, and it was the middle of winter, I th- as I recall, it was 30 or 40 below zero, but as you've heard the line, you know, the story always gets better in the telling, and I remember it was very cold, and I was sitting in French class one day, and I was bored. And I was thinking, why am I sitting here conjugating French verbs? Why am I not in France? And just by happenstance, in a study hall the next hour, I saw this little ad that said, uh, study abroad, become an exchange student, send away for a free application. This is before the day of, you know, an app where you could do it instantaneously. And I sent away for the application, and I filled it out, and I went down to the uh, bank, and I took $25 out, and I sent it in. And the next thing I know, uh, I get this letter back saying, uh, you've been accepted to become an exchange student in France. Here's your host family. Uh, Please begin uh, communicating with your French brother, Jean-Paul, Jorion, and uh, uh, you'll depart on such and such a date, and you owe us a remainder balance of $1,300 or whatever it was. And uh, they were essentially a travel agent that arranged these student exchanges. And so I went down to the bank because I had some money in the bank, and I took the money out, and I sent it in. I applied for a passport. I got the passport, and uh, I was supposed to depart on the last day of May. And uh, this was February, March, and April while all of this was going on, and I never told my parents. And finally, about uh, two weeks before I was supposed to go, uh, we were sitting down to dinner one night, and I said, you know, I forgot to tell you. I'm actually leaving for France in a couple of weeks to be an exchange student. And my father said, what in the, you know, what are you talking about? My mother said, you know, you're crazy. And I said, no, I've been accepted. I'm leaving for France in two weeks. You're not going to France. And I said, yes, well, we're totally against it. And I said, well, I'm going and there's nothing you can do. And uh, and I left for France uh, as an exchange student. And I'll tell you what, if you wanted to call me, you know, suitcase Jason, I, I, I guess that would be fair. Because since then, I love every trip that I ever have the opportunity to take. I guess at this point, there's about 100 countries, 105 countries I've been able to visit. And uh, I absolutely love travel. So are you saying it's for everybody? 
Are you recommending that everybody put a few thousand miles on? I am not only recommending travel for everyone, I am actually recommending solo travel for everyone. And let me explain that uh, for a moment. Uh, over the years, uh, traveling with my family is uh, a big priority, and we've made scores and scores of trips together around the world, and I love traveling with my family. But I will also um, go out on a ledge and say that I love traveling by myself, uh, and I still do. And I think in many respects I gain more from my solo travels than I do from family travels for the following reason. Most of us are so busy working for our business or in our business that we never have the opportunity to work on our business. And when I travel solo, not only do I develop some unique skills and continue to work on them to this day that I think everybody needs to be in business, but it affords me an incredible opportunity to work on my business. So I believe there are eight things that anyone would gather from doing a solo trip. And I need to point out, a week ago we talked about being an excuse factory. Uh, right now with uh, two and $300 round-trip airfares on discount carriers like Norwegian Air or Air Norway uh, from the U.S. to Europe and equally incredible fares to Asia, there's no excuse for anyone in business not to make uh, a solo trip. J just take four, five, or six days and make your first one if you haven't done it. You're talking international travel. Well, listen, you know domestic travel is good, too. I mean, I've had great times at Little Rock and great times in Orlando and uh, great times in Boise and great times in Seattle and great times in Chicago. But get out of the United States. Get out of the United States. I mean, one of our problems, and we're recording this in the United States, but, you know, we start to have this view that it has to happen in the U.S. And if it doesn't happen in the U.S., I mean, that it's not really happening. And everybody, if you're going to be competitive today and successful – you have to have a worldview. And you could literally, for a few hundred dollars, buy a return or round-trip airfare, I mean, to Europe or Asia, and, uh, and, you, and you can go backpacker style or go inexpensive. But let me tell you what you're going to gain. Number one, you are going to gain, you're going to sharpen your sense of adaptability, which is a vital skill in business. As recently as last year, now I've been in and out of China scores of times, but as recently as last year, I was flying to Malaysia uh, through Shanghai, arrived in Shanghai at 9 or 10 o'clock at night and had a midnight departure trying to connect to uh, Kuala Lumpur. And it was a national holiday in China. And virtually, the, uh, other than customs, the airport was shut down. And I was so lost in the Shanghai airport. I mean, I almost felt like crying. I, I didn't know which direction to go. Nobody could guide me to the terminal. I didn't know if I was going to make the flight. I didn't know what I was going to do. I couldn't find a fellow Anglo traveler anyplace. And guess what? When confronted with that, you just have to get the job done. So when you travel solo, uh, your sense of adaptability is tremendously sharpened. The next thing that happens is, is you gain a fierce sense of independence. I mean, if you're with your husband, wife, or partner, and you wake up in the morning in Dubai you could say, well, let's have a leisurely breakfast and let's go to the gym and maybe we'll do this or that. But if you're solo, you wake up in the morning and you say, okay, buddy, you're on your own. Are you going to make something of today or not? And you're going to root your butt out of bed and you're going to go and make something happen. You're going to see something. You're going to 
You're going to take an elevator to the top of the world's tallest building. You're, you're going to go on a camel expedition. You're going to do something that you wouldn't have done. Number three, it allows you to indulge in awe when, when you're solo. Recently, I, I flew to uh, Rome, and I was boarding a ship for uh, uh, an onboard keynote, opening keynote speech I was doing, and I had this extra day in Rome, and I'd been to Rome a number of times, and, uh, but I went to the Vatican, and I was by myself, and I had about seven or eight hours, and I was able to sit back when I wanted to sit back. I was able to tour the chapels when I wanted to. I was able to tour the cathedral when I wanted to. I was able to uh, observe it through an entirely different set of eyes. I, I watched all the members of the Curia, uh, the young priests walking around with an incredible sense of self-importance. And I, I thought, you know what, that's just like at American corporations today. So it allows you to indulge in awe wherever you are. Number four, you get to spot trends. Uh, recently in Singapore, uh, my iPhone wouldn't charge. I would put the charger in and, uh, and it wouldn't stay in. And it turns out that a little tiny piece of lint had gotten in, and when I stuck the charger in, I stuck it in even further, and all of a sudden it was inoperable. And so they said, well, you've got to go down to Orchard Road. And I imagined I was going to find a little tiny shop with a couple of men bent over iPhones trying to fix them. Instead, I walked into a building where there were 40 stations, where there were 40 different windows. You took a number, within five minutes you were served, and within five minutes you were taken care of. The local food movement has become huge across the world. It's going to become even bigger. So it allows you to spot trends. It forces interactions with locals. One of my rules when I travel is I take trains and buses whenever I'm able to because you're forced to interact with the locals. Number six, it forces you to become a better communicator. I remember being in the Middle East and being with people who didn't speak one word of English. Uh, my Arabic was limited to salam alaikum. I couldn't say anything else, but somehow you get the job done. And it provides you that valuable time I talked about to work on your business, not in your business. I find when I travel, I'll have several hours alone in my hotel room every night where I'm making reams and reams and reams of notes about things I want to do in my business. And finally, one of the other benefits that accrues is there's no whining because guess what? There's no one to listen to your whining. And so <laughs> the benefits of Solo Travel International I think are vast. Can I just take people on an around-the-world lesson with Jason Jennings? So in yes. Shanghai, you learned about adaptability. In Dubai, you yes. learned about independence. At the Vatican, you indulged in awe and wonder. In Singapore, learned how to spot trends at the Apple Fix-It store and also the local food scene. Then you were taking trains and buses no matter where you're at around the world because it forces you to interact with locals. In the Middle East, you became a better communicator, even though you didn't know any of the language. And then you took reams and reams of notes because it allows you to work on your business, not in your business, seeing all of this. And since there's no one to listen, there is no whining when you travel solo around the world. That's exactly right. And I mean, now, what are all of those lessons worth? Dale, think about it for a moment. A several hundred dollar round trip international ticket four or $500 for some inexpensive hotels and foods. You invest $1,000 in yourself, and you get those eight benefits? I mean, I'll make that investment anytime. All right. And it's always good to be reading a book while you're on that airplane, train, or bus. I have to recommend the High Speed Company to folks. It's a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Tell us the favorite thing in, in just a few seconds about writing that book. What was one of your favorite things about that? You know, it was dispelling the myth 
that high speed means moving fast or being out of control or acting wildly or being out of breath. Being high speed does not mean that at all. It just means getting the job done quicker than everybody else, getting everybody on board, getting those people who are disengaged on board and engaged in the business. It means fixing things the first time as opposed to having to do constant do-overs. It means simplicity. It means maintaining and building an incredibly simple business model that you can quickly scale. There were just so many, I think, uh, discoveries and reaffirmations that came out of the research for that book. It'll work internationally for folks, but they're traveling internationally. It just occurred to me, you've probably learned something in your international travels about being careful because there are some dangerous places in the world. I've been in many of them. Let me give you my big word of caution about your international travels, and this one is going to surprise you, and that is this. Uh, when you come home, keep your mouth shut and don't tell anybody about it because that's the biggest danger. Let me give you an example. 60 or 70 years ago, Singapore, Singapore at the time, was a mosquito-infested swamp. Today, it is the most ultra-modern medical, financial, educational capital you'll ever have the opportunity to spend time in on the planet. Uh, one of the things I love about Singapore is there are tens of thousands of restaurants and food establishments, and their food inspectors have a very interesting way of evaluating you. You will either get an A or you will be banned from the food business for life. There's no B with six weeks to fix it. You will get an A. And I remarked to someone, I said, if somebody offered to uh, fry an egg on the sidewalk for me in Singapore, I would gladly eat it. And they said, well, if you like it so much, why don't you move there? And over the years, what I've learned is that Americans, uh, most Americans are not good travelers. And most Americans are so nationalistic, they don't want to hear anything good about any place else because nothing could be better than the U.S., which I, I'm a good American. I love my country. I love the opportunity it's afforded me. But I, I, I'm never going to be blind to things that other people are doing extraordinarily well. So the biggest caution are not gunmen in Nigeria. I, it's not pickpockets in Barcelona. The biggest caution I would offer you is enjoy this incredible experience. Achieve all those benefits that I talked about. And then when you come home, just keep your mouth shut. And don't ever say anything good about any place else because people are going to say, well, if you like it so much, why don't you move there? <laughs> so my solo international travels are a big secret for me, and they're one of my competitive advantages. Fantastic. Well, this is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. If you got just one morsel, one nugget of information out of this today, we would appreciate a rating on iTunes uh, and a review if you're willing. Five stars if we've earned it. That helps raise the level of visibility within iTunes of the Game Changers, which makes it available to more people. That's why we're asking for the rating, and we definitely are grateful for that. Next week, we're going to be with you talking about catching the big fish. Jason, thanks so much. You have your great week. I will do it then. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller. 
The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.